Hello, welcome again to another episode of Stefan Things. The last few episodes have been solo, so I brought in a ringer. <laughs> I brought back my friend Tristan. I think our conversation is great. It's around depression and living with it and giving it space, allowing it space. So I really hope you get something from this episode. I'm just going to let it get straight into it. So enjoy. Um, hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Stefan Things. Uh, Tristan, thanks for joining me again. I felt that we needed a follow-up episode because uh, everybody really, really enjoyed our last one. It was very heartfelt. And, yeah, uh, it was. It's a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure coming on here with you. Okay, even though it's the second time, it's still a pleasure. You know, just as pleasurable. Just as pleasurable the second time as it was the first. Okay. Well, there's a euphemism in there somewhere. But um, anyway, so really, <laughs> my younger brother sent me a really cool article, um, which is more of like a thought experiment about depression and its function, maybe even superiority over happiness. Um, I thought it was great enough to send you and a few other people. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? Because, you know, you and I both struggle with depression, I think, like a lot of people. And almost for me, giving a function to it a positive function to it um i don't know it was kind of eye-opening and, and had me kind of rethinking how i experience it so i was wondering what your thoughts were when you read it um well i mean when it, when it comes to depression for me um it really comes from, it's a different for everybody you know some people have like postpartum depression or like deep chemical like family depression uh, but for me, it's it's very situational. I'm someone who like I'm more anxious than depressed, and the anxiety usually leads leads to depression. Hence, like situational depression. Um, so, I mean, what I really liked about it was I think like you and I have both realized as we've gotten older, even though we're here in our twenties right now, um, that life is relentless and it is a struggle and it fucking sucks. Um, and uh, I think accepting that, um, and in a way accepting depression as a uh, natural or unnatural function of our life, um, that you can gain a lot more just grace for yourself and acceptance. And that's what I really got out of reading that. Um, I mean, on top of all the other like empirical studies it cited proving that, um, I mean, that's what I got out of it, man. Yeah, and I'll, I'll link the uh, article down below whatever platform this is uh, being heard on uh, so you can read it and kind of take something from it yourself. I, I always say, like, you know, when you read something that really connects with you, uh, give it a little bit of grain of salt um, just to, you know, humble yourself. Because I feel like I've fallen into that trap before where you, like, read something and you're like, oh, my God, it's so true. And then, like, it's, it's, well, it's like finding out your personality type and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and, uh, anyway, so, but taking that into consideration, I mean, the biggest, uh, takeaway I would say from the journal, and it was talking about depression and anxiety, um, is the, how taboo we've, we've, uh, as a culture have assigned these two things, these two experiences, but the article was, was using a lot of evidence to show, and even studies that have shown uh, depressive minds and anxious minds are, are some of the most grounded and um, critical thinking minds. And um, it was alleging that uh, somebody who experiences more joy than sorrow has a, an unrealistic outlook of the world. 
and is almost setting themselves up for failure. Uh, and so the article was just essentially um, allowing a space for giving depression and anxiety its time and allowing it to exist and help you uh, like look at yourself and what you're experiencing, what's going on around you more critically. Uh, and it's kind of like what I said in my last podcast. I like it. it's like allow it to grip you without suffocating you, you know, because mm -hmm. if you give in completely to the uh, depressive state of mind, it ends up leading, you know, to self-harm at some point. And uh, or at least that's the, the trajectory. Anyway, I just thought it was really important for me as someone who's like all preachy about balance uh, to see the function of something that I hate to experience. Um because it makes the overcoming of it feel like more of a one battle, I guess, or like at least I feel like it was more productive than maybe you think it is laying in bed all day. Um, anyway, yeah. that's kind of my take. But yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, especially on the grace part. I, um, I think that for whatever reason, maybe it's because we don't have a heightened... Uh, emotional we don't have like a heavy influence or excuse me heavy emphasis on emotional intelligence in our education system so it's like anything that makes you feel vulnerable or even un like outside your safe zone when being around somebody who's experiencing things or even experiencing them yourself we tend to uh, outcast depression and not allow it at seat at the table that is life and it's an inevitability in depressive states of mind or low points in your life will happen and in some cases and i would say most cases more often than not you will be in a state like that anyway it's just my take i thought it was super interesting and i don't know it's it's something that i've been struggling with maybe because of the pandemic maybe because of other things uh being feeling like oh my god when is this ever going to end <laughs> uh, yeah for real <laughs> yeah and i know you can relate there <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I, th I think that's been the biggest thing about all this happening um, is, and especially with you and I, we had a, we actually, we essentially did the same thing, right? Like, like we both went from living in our little college safe haven with all these friends and people we knew, and then going, you went home, but you went to a home with where your other friends at home mostly were gone, and you had some people, and and then I went close to home in a town where I know no one. So it like it was good for our mental mental health, mental health. <laughs> um, been in the south for a while now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it was good for our mental health to be closer to our families. But it, it, I'm realizing now, and I don't think I was thinking about this when I moved down here, uh, just how important like the social aspect of my life was, and like how I went from. I don't even realize that now, like, especially like leaving college, like being around all these people and having all this fun and all these classes and even the drama and the, the terrible things that happened and the learning experiences, like having that completely gone and now having it just be like this daily thing where you and I work our little job, our little silly little jobs every day. And, um, which I think is funny that we both work at target and have the same job at target. Right. Um, <laughs> if I should say that, you can cut that out no, if you want well, to. Well, just none of the opinions that we share are associated with Target and it's, uh, yeah, and it's whatever. Not at all. We love Target and you should get Target Circle <laughs> where you can save 1% We're on done. every purchase you make. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, shit, like it's, 
really draining and the, I feel like the pandemic's just amplified that feeling. Like I went, I went out and, and safely hung out with the pod of people that I've been with, um, which is just my roommate, his girlfriend and his sister and her boyfriend. So we're basically people who are all around each other's vicinity all the time right. anyway. So we were like, screw it. Let's go to a, like a restaurant that has outdoor seating and is actually following decent guidelines and hang out. And like, it made a world of a difference that night, last night. Um, as I'm sure you could tell by my many Snapchats oh, yeah. <laughs> and nonsense, nonsensical texts. Well, I was just, so, I was just happy anyway. to see you like, I was like vicariously living through you because, um, I don't have any, well, at least I haven't yet. It's, it's been interesting making friends here definitely took a while, but then I got like a day job thing to just help pay the bills, uh, at a previously mentioned location. And anyway, I've, I've made friends there. Um, but I still am, uh, because of the nature of our job and the nature of their lives, I still don't feel comfortable, um, going out or going to their house. And even if it's like a small gathering, I'm just not there yet. Mostly because, um, my dad's immunocompromised and, uh, we're just trying to be safe. And I feel like I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so as far as like cases, like the past two days, we've broke no new records. And I think all states, but one have seen a slight decrease for the first time in a very long time. So fingers crossed, you know, I'm very hopeful that we'll see the end of this because one thing the pandemic really uh, took from us very social creatures was our ability to safely socialize. And even in the cases of uh, unsafely socializing, you know, in spite of the pandemic, it's been at the cost of human life. So like, it's crazy. It's like, um, I don't know, I feel like uh, humans, we need a little bit of a break. And I think a lot of people who aren't used to experiencing such a heavy level of isolation and depression and stuff uh, are just now for the first time really having to come to terms with that. And, and you and I were already interested in this subject matter before all of this happened. So I felt like we like came ready to tackle it a little more maybe than others. But because of how mental health is, you know, it's getting better, but it's still, especially down here in the South, it's just... Uh, an emphasis on it is, is not seen as strength. And uh, so a lot of people were ill-prepared. And, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, I think there's associ- there's an association we can make between lack of... Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, you're good, man. You're you're on that a hell of a thought train there. Um, I'll, be, I'll be real with you, and you already know this. I'm not okay right now. <laughs> like, there's a lot of shit going on. Like, you know, like it's, it's, um, and I'm glad I can like say it out loud. I don't know. It's like, it's like things may be out of your control, but which going back to the article, you know, why stay in denial about it? Just be like, this is it. This is what's happening to me in my life. It's a part of life. Um, yeah, that's, that was, that was my counter to what you're saying. Yeah, I, it is, it is a part of life. And I feel like there's a direct association between a lot of these like anti-mask movements or just refusal to believe the pandemic is even real. I think there's a, a there is a direct relationship between that and a lack of um, emotional intellect intelligence, like a lack of empathy. Edu- <laughs> well, and it's our our education system sees no has no sense of value towards it. You know, these things are seen as a. Uh, uh, it's seen as a luxury to even have, you know, proper counseling facilities in schools. And um, 
and it's and they're usually rarely are especially down here rarely are they ever you know utilized in the way that they need to be um you know i'm not sitting here forcing everyone to go to therapy or saying everyone should but we should all be aware of the existence of like systems that are there to help us in our mental well-being and our ability to you know grow and like overcome ourselves and man i didn't learn about half of this stuff until i was in my 20s and you know so Mm -hmm. you know that goes to show you you know what it did for me and i talk about that with my parents all the time because it's like i was definitely a very depressed anxious kid and my parents were just like yeah we just didn't know what we didn't know and i was like you're right like i don't fault y'all for it because you didn't have the education either yeah at least I, I like the I like it when you tell me about like how, how accepting your parents are and how like how open they are to this like change you know and like the conversations y'all have had with them like sorry I'm going a little off what we're no, saying no, but it. I really like that I think that's like special that they're open to that I think they're like they're the um, <laughs> I'm only saying this because of the meme they're the boomers we want you know like. <laughs> 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 they're okay boomers you know like, right well they're, I think um, they're technically gen x because they grew up in they were teenagers in the uh, 80s same with my parents i know i just wanted to fit but okay boomer mean, yeah, in there yeah, at some yeah. point uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah dude i mean i don't, I don't know man I've, I've been thinking a lot lately about like which was what i liked about that article in particular and just about like the conversations you and i have on the daily because feel like you and I've got to the point, but maybe whether it's a good thing or a bad thing and I'm working on it where I'm not constantly going to you every time I need to like vent, you know, uh, I'm like, no, let me journal this one, you know, like let me put this on a page because, you know, Steph has, Steph has their own life, you know, <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm always available. Uh, you are. No, yeah, I'll just literally just text and be like, dude, I've, oh, I think like this person hates me and like. And like I, I'm so messed up, and I'm a piece of crap. You're like, nah, dude, you're good. Uh, here's the context of what happened. Uh, you're fine. Okay, bye. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool, bye. I'm gonna go, uh, go ride a bike. You're like, okay, have fun. That'll be good for you. <laughs> You've also started saying this thing recently, which I love and hate. You're like, I knew that would happen. <laughs> you're like, I knew it. Knew you'd be feel better after that. Well, and you I'm know like, it too. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You're exactly, exactly. I'm gonna. I just punched you through FaceTime there. <laughs> no, it's true though, especially I'm especially when you're um when you're resp- I'm like always like fuck yeah cuz when your response is I'm going to go like I have I have this stuff going on internally and I'm going to go exercise it literally, you know, and I'm going to go for a walk or a bike ride or get some sun like this this your um ability to create an actionable plan for you even in the moment is something that you should be very proud of because it's something so many people don't do. It's like that first hurdle that they don't jump over. And it's like every other hurdle after that is like way shorter. Um, it's it's like literally the getting out of bed moment that's most important. And I can attest to that. Like that's that's always the hardest thing for me to do. Um, in fact, so you know, but I you know I have, well, I have chronic depression and and thoughts of self-harm but it's it stems mostly from um ptsd and uh it's like a randomly triggered uh disorder there's not something in in particular other than maybe if like if my ex somehow like appeared you know i would probably trigger a, a panic attack but um anyway i had a really bad nightmare that wasn't even a really bad nightmare it was just a normal dream but it triggered that the other morning and it was right before i had to go to work 
and it was probably the worst uh, <laughs> triggering, whatever you want to call it, episode uh, that I've ever had thus far, which was like, great, I have to go to work in an hour. Um, so I had no choice. Mm-hmm. I had to get up. I had to walk Boone and got some fresh air, and I just took deep breaths, and I just pushed it you know you know i mean i was like it's here you're here you're with me i get it but you can't take over right now like i have to keep moving and everybody noticed at work <laughs> like right away they're like yo steph are you okay like what's up and i was like i'm not okay but i'm here and like i'm, I'm pushing through it like you just i gave him enough context i was like look i have ptsd i know you all know um i've talked about before but here it is it's happening right now and i said i'm, I'm but i'm okay like I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm alive. I'm breathing. And it took like three hours, hmm. three hours of being on the ledge of like falling apart while also working. Thank yeah. God. What we, what you and I do is very monotonous and like task oriented. So it's like very it's simple, yeah. simple tasks. No, that's a, that job is so perfect for any feeling you're having on the inside. Cause you can vent through it yep you know if you are on the edge and i hate that feeling so much i think yeah like that's the best part about that job <laughs> it's it's and the best part about targets are oh my god no it's just it's well good. it's it's low stakes that's what i always tell my coworkers, <laughs> and you know i'm like they're like you know they love me there and and i think it's just because of my attitude is always good it's i'm not like mad at the job because i'm like the stakes are low like you know even if i were like a team leader or whatever um I was just like, put it in perspective, you know, it, it's like, you know, this isn't uh, the end of the world. I was like, this is not the worst thing that could happen here is I get fired. Like, you know, like that's to yeah. me, that's low yeah. stakes. I mean, I know it's like crazy times and I mean, it would, I would have to figure out, you know, a lot financially, but like I'd still have my family and friends and loved ones and, and I, you know, anyway, but yeah, it's just me focusing. Here goes Boone. About to bark. <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah, you're you're invincible. Oh, ooh, okay, Boone. You're invincible when you finally accept not only who you are and how you act, but the support system you have too. And that's like also the only reason I've been able to get through too with work. Like, I had a moment the the other morning because I'd work a six a.m. shift, and it takes thirty minutes to drive to work from where I live, and it was nothing like. Like what you are saying, it was much more tame, you know, but even that, just like being tired, just hating everything about what's going on subtly, going into work. And then like, I went into work, I was working, and then I I like blinked my eyes and like three hours passed. Right. And then I was, I went from hating that I was at work and working to being super excited that work would be over soon. <laughs> like, you know, like living from moment to moment. And I think it's the same, like, not the same, but I think it's like our minds just work in a certain way. And even if you're like going through, you know, like what you're saying with like PTSD, I'm not trying to relate in this situation. I'm just saying like anything messed up. Uh, we have moments of being numb. We have moments of, uh, waves of emotion, but um, if you keep reminding yourself when you're at the worst of it that it's going to be over, um, then it it feels like like uh, the experience was much faster than you thought it would be. It wasn't like this eternal struggle and turmoil. It was just a day. It always ends. Um, yeah, it has a cycle. It's just yeah. like everything. Um, that's why my one of my 
go-to sayings it's funny because now even people are quoting me on this is the best part about bad days is that they end and uh it's so true um it's something that's like i i like will repeat to myself if i'm having a really rough one it's like this is gonna end this will end like 100 percent. if will not last forever because our brains can't do that <laughs> they can't make that last forever if it do, did well we would die i mean our brains have to yeah i voluntarily voluntarily or involuntarily like it will it will eventually the moment will pass and uh i think there are great practices you can do to make it happen faster or even lessen the negative effects of it while it's going on this is why i journal every morning this is why you started mm -hmm. uh journaling again um exercise is huge uh, that's like one of the biggest I think that people really overlook is um, how exercise can really heal your brain too um, but yeah it's um, it's wild what do you think some of the biggest lessons you've learned because of depression if you were to say I'm thankful for depression because I learned blank what would blank be I'm thankful for depression because uh, well there's a lot of things I'm thankful for depression for um, I'm thankful for depression because um I think in the lowest, worst moments, um, I don't think I even really started feeling what it was like until uh, things got a lot more personal with my family and in my family life and at kind of like at the teenage age where we're already emotional anyway. Um, but it gave me perspective um, because when you can look back, I think when you can look back on a time where you've been so out of it and so numb and so sad too um and angry um you you really have the ability to uh look at your life in a way that's that's uh that has more depth to it and that um it's a double-edged sword because you can hyperanalyze the next time you encounter something like that but i think it helps you for the next time you get stronger each time um but i think you only realize that when you break the unhealthy cycles you have because clearly their cycles be dysfunctions I guess that we have um so yeah I don't know that's what I like about it and anytime I've been depressed I've been going through a really dysfunctional thing in my life or uh or attitude or routine um and every time I break out of that um I'm just a happier not happier but I'm just uh I feel like uh like I've done something to better myself um so yeah <laughs> I like that answer a lot I uh like I, if I were to answer it I would say like what I'm, yeah, what I'm most you? thankful for depression because it made in, in my worst moments it made the smallest things the most beautiful mm. um like the smallest acts of kindness or expressions of love or even just presence of, of other people uh have been so much more valuable than in moments where I'm you know don't need it um, necessarily so it's cool it, it, it's like it reminds you of what's exactly important in your life even when you're like fighting against it you know uh, it's still like aware you're aware of it you know uh, but yeah I, I think uh, that's it like it's grounded me too I think depression and anxiety are one of the reasons I'm not uh, pompous <laughs> um, you know, it, it helps. <laughs> like, hum, it keeps you humble. You know, I think both of those things uh, humble you, or they can. Uh, at least I feel like they have for me. But yeah, I wanted to say like I'm uh, thankful for it. Uh, you know what I mean? That's why I asked that question. Yeah. 
Of course. Yeah, no, and I think that's it, right? Like that's I I didn't even realize this until like a few weeks ago. Um I was commuting to work and I was listening to a Phoebe Bridgers song uh, cuz I've been on a big Phoebe Bridgers kick lately as we all have. Um and uh it was it's a song it's called Funeral and I was listening to it I actually pulled up the lyrics uh as an example. <laughs> um uh since we're on the subject now. Um and I will recite them. Uh, and last night I blacked out in my car and I woke up in my childhood bed wishing I was someone else feeling sorry for myself when I remembered someone's kid is dead Jesus Christ I'm so blue all the time and that's just how I feel always have and I always will I always have and I always will Uh, and it's 4am again and I'm doing nothing again (laughs) <laughs> anyway, those are the lyrics. And I actually had an epiphany as I was listening to that song because it was my first time hearing that song. And I was, you know, in my car commuting to work. And I was like, damn. Like, those lyrics and just the way she said it has so much acceptance for being depressed. And she's also, like, depressive as well. Um, and I was like oh, I'm 25 and I'm just now realizing that I have to accept the fact that I'm always going to feel this way. Um, And that's okay. (laughs) It's just who I am. (laughs) You know, like it can get better and you can do things to make it better, but it's not going to go away forever. You're not going to be with, you know, it's like, you know, if you're lonely and you find a good friend or a good partner, you're not going to magically feel better. You know, that you got to nurse yourself and you have to realize that you're, you know, you're just getting better one day at a time and it's okay that you're not okay. Um, but yeah, so I kind of rambled, but no, <laughs> anyway. I, I love that. I love what you just did, especially with those lyrics. Cause, uh, that is true. It's like, that's a, that's just a brutal honesty, um, and self-awareness. I think, uh, you know, what's funny is, um, speaking of being self-aware and this might be a small a tangent or whatever, but I remember saying something of the, of, I was in my class, one of my classes in uh, film school and one of my theory professors uh, was, I forget, we were in like a, a break or it was after class or something and I and said something and I said, I mentioned how I'm very self-aware and they said, uh, you know, be, they're careful, there's such a thing as being too self-aware and I was like, huh. And I like, I, I chewed on it for a while and I really like this idea of being too self-aware because self-awareness to me was like seen as like this like thing as this is this form of enlightenment. But what they were, the little question they popped into my head was like, can self, can too much self-awareness be damaging? And I think it can. I think that it's just like the people who are super into like the Myers-Briggs personality test. And like, I love, I like these things, but um, the people who are like, that's the first question they ask you, you know, or what's your zodiac sign? They're so interested in trying to figure out what you are so they can align it with what they are so certain they are. And they don't leave any room for authenticity for things mm-hmm. to happen because they are. And I was like, ah, I'm going to take, I really, that, that stuck with me from then on because I was always somebody who was trying to, I was trying to know exactly who I was so I didn't negatively affect anyone else around me. You know, I'm like someone who constantly beats themselves up, like, and for like going through past conversations and like, 
oh, I sound like such a jerk, you know, and like I shouldn't have said it that way because that's not how I meant it. But I can now I'm looking back and seeing how it could have been perceived, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and I feel like that goal made me lose sight of just kind of being who I am. And uh, mm-hmm. obviously I wouldn't have friends like you if I wasn't at least somewhat likable. So I was like, gave myself some grace there. I was like, hey, maybe I should just not take myself so seriously. Yeah, you live in the if and should, you know, in those situations. And I, I like that you realize that too. That's something that like, uh, like when you're, it's it's good to be self-analytical and be like, okay, I know that if I make this decision, then this could happen, right? Um, but not going too far with it because once you start like hyper-analyzing a situation you're in, eventually instead of looking at like the truth and what's actually happening, you start telling yourself lies. Um Cause like, well, if I do this, then this is going to happen. And like, then all of a sudden you're five steps ahead of something that probably isn't going to happen <laughs> and probably isn't going to, you know, do this or that. Um, and it sucks because then you convince yourself that it's truth and then that makes how you feel worse. And then you swirl on those thoughts and you keep spiraling downward until eventually when it comes down to the authenticity being there of the moment, uh, you're worried so much about something else happening that you're just anxious about it instead of actually living in the moment. So, yeah, damn straight, dude. Yeah, it's and it's funny. It's one of the things I didn't realize was causing me to not take risks growing up uh, as, as much as I feel like I should have looking back uh, because you convince yourself of your capability or you convince yourself of, like, what's worth it by thinking about it too much. And... uh I'm not saying, like, go do donuts in front of the police station because someone dared you to. But, like, you know, maybe take some risks. Talk to people that you're afraid of or who intimidate you. You know, tell someone how you feel. Uh, You know, even if you're afraid of what they might say. Those kinds of things uh, have led me to be less honest than I probably should should have been. uh, Or, like, less uh, authentic. Because it's like, you don't, you can't predict everything and life is often surprising so I'm like just go for it you know and that's why I've been much more risk taker as of like the last year or so which is a little personal victory (laughs) Uh, since sprouting off of that uh, I know we talked a lot about relationships this time I'll only hit on it once really quick but speaking to what we're talking about now anytime I like someone and I realize I like someone, I will spend more time, if not equal time, instead of relishing and liking them, anticipating why they don't like me, why they're not going to like me, and all the reasons so that if that happens, I am fully prepared. <laughs> like, which is, I've realized as I've talked to you, is a terrible way of, and it's only got, and I think it's only got worse. Like the good thing about being single is like finding yourself and getting to do all these wonderful things and realizing how important your support system is and how great this is and great that is. But then like, if you're someone like me, you start selling yourself short and you're like, oh, this person already hates me. And then like, I think I remember I was talking to you and you're like, oh, dude, you're fucking setting yourself up for failure. And I was like, well, you're not wrong. And then I went and talked to uh, another friend about about it, and they were like, "Damn, dude, it sounds like you're setting yourself up for failure." And I was <laughs> like, "I was like, shit, that's two people now." And I was like, 
wait, is the solution just to go, just to believe in myself and believe for the best possible opportunity and just go into it that way and then just be okay with either answer, you know? Like, yeah. So anyway, that's how I feel. And it's it's more than relationships too. I think that goes for like if you want a job or something. Because yeah. like I do the same thing if I want a job and I do the same thing if I'm like have to pay a bill. I don't fuck, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that like your goal, like... It's universal. I think there's a... Uh, there's a logic behind, you know, wanting to prepare yourself for the worst possible outcome. But I think in virtue of doing that, going through those motions in your head, you end up doing all the suffering up front when you shouldn't have to. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, they say worry once, so suffer much energy. twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it is. It is. It's negative energy directed at yourself. It's like it's Superman shooting a laser beam into a mirror and reflecting it onto his own body. You know, it's like, why would you self-harm like that um it's not productive and you we're not fortune tellers so you know we can make educated decisions sure but if that education educated decision includes you saying i'm stupid then it's not an educated decision you know it's it's you're just protecting yourself from something that you are hoping won't happen but we have no proof that it will yeah yeah we have no proof of the future. But I do that too. Like you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Like I do it. The, re- no, the okay. reason I said I had advice for you is because I know exactly. You know, I, it's that relatability. Yeah. You know, <laughs> up right there with you, bud. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, man. I don't know. I, I've I've stopped to like, like uh, that's the one good thing. One good thing I think I've adopted lately, aside aside from all the everything going on anyways is just like just stop um just to stop going for things that uh, or just to stop looking stop looking and start living that took a lot of thinking to say out loud but yeah <laughs> stop looking for shit and start living through what's actually happening because i think i've told myself i'm not looking when i'm still looking for something, for a meaning of life, for a partner, for a job, for anything, and I haven't started just living in the rea- in my own reality. Um, I've just been looking into something that isn't really helping me at all. So, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. I mean, I believe it. We're on Facetime right now, by the way, and I keep I keep giving like I keep giving Steph these looks. I'm like, it's those eyes. Okay. I got those smoky eyes. Tristan has got these piercing, beautiful eyes. They're like blue green. Like (laughs) you just can't look away. Thank you so much. It's so (laughs) nice of you to say that. I appreciate that. That makes me feel happy. I know I have thank you. That's the one thing I can relish in. I'm like, ah, I got these eyes, you know. Oh, sometimes all it takes is the eyes. And that's something I've always been jealous of. Because I I mean, I don't have ugly eyes. Like I don't think any person has ugly eyes. But brown eyes are just more common. They're less pierced. Like, your eyes stand out, and so they, like, look into your soul. And I just, I love it. Oh, damn. Thanks, man. Oh, gosh, that's so sweet On of top you. of you being fucking hot. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, no, you're hot, man. Okay, if we're talking about hot here, better lo- get Everybody some... Tristan over here. Get some, uh, get some wood here. for the fire over here. Tristan's the sexiest <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know, um, man. I don't know. Stop. <laughs> you got to believe it. 
You gotta believe it yourself. Yeah. Um, I am so hot <laughs> and so attractive. Everyone wants me. <laughs> Why do you sound like <laughs> a robot? That's funny. Go, best friend. <laughs> Hype me up. What What do you think the first thing you want you want to do when, uh, let's say tomorrow, it happened in an instant? It's suddenly safe for us to go out and experience the world without the threat of the pandemic looming over us. I'm getting with my best friends that are nearest and closest to me. I'm, I'd be visiting you too, duh, which is gonna happen anyway. Um, but I'd get with my closest friends, I'd find out wherever the fuck live music is, or like a good party. Specifically live music, because that's what I miss. I actually am realizing I miss a lot, because I would always enjoy moments where I'd be around live music, but I'd just never go to the places where live music would be, and I'd never enjoy it. And it's like, I love music. I want to be around music. If I'm at a venue that has that has good musicians, I want to go there. So that's what I do. I go with my best friends. I'd be like, guys, let's go to this place. There's going to be a few bands. They're going to be jamming out. Everyone's ready to party again. Let's go, you know, but not like at a like party place, like 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 at a like grungy looking like, you know, like someone your dad's age would would be there, you know, hanging out too, you know. Anyway, like like if it would feel like a living room, you know, like a living room, and but but a a kickback venue. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? A kickback venue, dude. Where like you can get the best of both yeah, worlds. I feel like literally I would do the That's exact same I'd thing. That's what I do. Yeah, I would get like a bunch of weed. And <laughs> white claws for the people who don't like to smoke and just have like a kickback. That's I think the first thing I would do and that kickback would it would the only music we could play were would be played off of records that my friends could bring. I know super hipster, but I did this once before and it was a great party. And it was bring your favorite records. And so uh, not everybody had records, but yeah, it was that dude, that was like literally one of the best parties I ever threw. And it was a kickback because I don't throw ragers. So it was like most at most fifteen people at one at one time, and uh, anyway, it was fucking great. Like people brought their records, some music dope. I'd never heard before. You know, it was like crazy stuff, stuff we knew. And we just someone was flipping. You know, we just like, all right, that side ended. Let's flip it over or switch it out with something else. It was a good time. I want a party just like that. I want one just like that in my own living space. That's like mine and like, uh, yeah, that's what I want. Let's do it again, man. Let's do it again. It'll happen. We'll make it happen. Captain. Sergeant. Make it Captain happen. <laughs> hey, I, I, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on again. Um, I'm kind of enjoying these like shorter, poignant conversations. Uh, for those of you who are listening, you tell me if you miss the longer one-hour-ish episodes as opposed to these half-an-hour-ish episodes, let me know. But I feel like these are like the fun size bag of candy and some some I just saw Tristan got a guitar out so it was really distracting but some keep going you know how like Twix is better a Twix bar is better in the fun size I think that's my that's my uh, opinion um, sometimes fun size is better but Tristan's got the guitar out so I'm assuming he's got somewhere to go with this um, are you gonna are you so I played you out last time yeah, he's gonna play us off play out this time too um but this is not prolific in the slightest. Uh, this is literally, I'm just going to do it. It's going to be done. No, keep going. We, we're closing thoughts right now. No, no, closing no. I, I have nothing else to say. Uh, uh, I already, okay, I already okay, asked okay, my questions. We, we know who Tristan is. Now he's going to serenade us. Feel free to join in with me, 
because you've definitely heard this one before. And I can't sing um, right now because my voice is very shot, but here we go. was way um the energy of that performance versus the last time i had you on two different things but it was great i wanted to change it up (laughs) and i put the capo way too high so it was even worse and that made it better so funny imo well hey buddy thanks for coming on um anything else you'd like to throw in before i let you go yes um if you're listening to this right now and you're sad, and you're depressed, and you're upset, then watch some Netflix, make some tea, go outside, or like draw something, I don't know. Do something. If this is your sign to do something today, because I've had days where I've done nothing back to back, so there you go, listener. Do something, or don't, if you've been doing too much. Yeah. The only thing I can add to that is drink some water and tell someone you love that you love them. Thanks for listening. I like that. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I found it very stimulating, and I love talking about this stuff with friends, so I hope that enthusiasm comes off. Uh, Tristan is a great person and a wonderful friend, and we always have great conversations, even when I'm not recording them. (laughs) Uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing you around on the next one. Make sure you check out the article. It's going to be available wherever the description is for this episode. Make sure you check it out, read it, digest it, and, uh, you know, if you feel so inclined, let me know how you feel. You know how to reach me. It's usually uh, easiest over Instagram. And we will see you on the next episode of Stefan Things. Until then, drink some water, tell someone you love that you love them, and we'll see you uh, next time. Take care.